الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واذ ابتلى ابراهيم ربه بكلمات فاتمهن قال اني جاعلك للناس اماما قال ومن ذريتي قال لا ينال عهد الظالمين وقال تعالى اذ قال له ربه اسلم قال اسلمت لرب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارزقني حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغني حبك او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders we are in these mubarak days of sul hijjah on the eve of these very great ibadats that are taking place already almost on the eve of hajj with the hujjaj have gathered and they will be now proceeding to Mina tomorrow and in a few days time will be the very great day of Qurbani so all these are very Mubarak moments these are very auspicious moments that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with Allah Ta'ala give us a topic of truly appreciating this taking the maximum benefit we would have heard many times the virtues and the fadail of these Mubarak days Every day, the fast of each of these nine days, equivalent to the fast of one year. The ibadat of each of these ten nights, equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. And no action performed in any time of the year, besides Ramadan obviously, can equate the action performed in this time. No matter how great that action might be in another time. Such great days, such Mubarak days and nights Allah has blessed us with. So these are the moments for us to really appreciate and try and exert ourselves to some extent to try and maximize the rewards that Allah Ta'ala is showering down. Nevertheless, all these ibadat that are taking place or will take place very soon, the Hajj that will start tomorrow, the Qurbani, these are all the reminders or bring along the reminders of Hazrat Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And they are meant to bring back these reminders. And every year these reminders will come. Islam is a living religion. It's a living deen. It's not lifeless. When other communities wish to keep somebody's reminder alive, then at the most they'll erect some statue in some public park. And after some time, the birds will come perch on that statue also. And then they'll leave their droppings on it. And this will be the reminder of this person. That anybody who passes by there will see him with all the bird droppings on him. So a lifeless statue, and that's the end of it. But Allah Ta'ala kept the reminders of Ibrahim wasalam, alive till the day of Qiyamah. That Hajj, person who has that means that Hajj will become furs upon him. He'll have to go for Hajj if he has that means. And when he goes for Hajj, there are many things that will have, he'll have to do in Hajj. That without those A'mal, his Hajj won't be complete. 
And those amal are all a reminder of Ibrahim and his family sacrifices. He won't be able to complete that hajj without that sa'i. That sa'i is a reminder of the sacrifices of the family. Come the day of Qurbani and the slaughter of animals, this too is a living memory of the total submission of Ibrahim his readiness to sacrifice whatever Allah the last one. And now these memories are brought day in, year in and year out so that we keep the spirit of submission alive within us. And in the Quran Sharif, in many, many ayat, Allah Ta'ala speaks about Ibrahim He was among the Ulul Azm Minar Rusul, very highly ranked messengers of Allah Ta'ala. In this ayat also that was recited, Allah Ta'ala brings to us the very crux of his life. Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذِبْتَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ This is something everybody, you ask anyone in life, might be the poorest person or the richest person. Might be the healthiest person or the person who is totally ill. Might be somebody who is living in the lap of luxury or somebody who is living without a single possession. Anyone and everyone across the board, in varying degrees, ask every person and he will tell you somewhere down the line that he's got some problem. He's faced with some challenge. He has some anxiety. He has some concern. Something is worrying him. Everyone. Illa mashallah. But otherwise, this is dunya. The place where there is no name of any discomfort, any pain, any difficulty, no hardship at all. That place is called Jannat. And the place where there is always difficulty and the worst torment and only hardship, that is Jahannam. Dunya is a mixture of both. And no matter who it might be, sometimes the person who seems to be the happiest person, if you really go into his heart, you'll find that he is in the most turmoil. Many a person who seems very happy outwardly, but when he starts talking, then there's a total different picture of his heart that he's now exposing. So this dunya is a place where there are all these things, all these halat and all these conditions and all these challenges. And much of this is as a test from Allah. And dunya itself, our whole existence in dunya is a test. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah says, Allah created this whole system of this dunya, life and death. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ To test you. This is our test. We are in this examination hall of dunya. And the test is now, who is going to submit to Allah? Allah Ta'ala gives us this reminder of Ibrahim al Islam. وَإِذِبْتَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ Remember the time when Allah Ta'ala tested Ibrahim al Islam. Several things, many things. And what was the end of it? فَأَتَمَّهُنْ He passed all these tests and all these exams, passed it with flying colors. Now the tests that we face, the challenges that we face, the difficulties that we sometimes complain about, indeed, 
is also difficulty sometimes, also challenges, no doubt. But they cannot compare to any fraction with what Ibrahim was tested with. His tests were far greater than we can imagine. It's very easy to speak about it after knowing the end result. Very easy to hear about it. But to put ourselves in his shoes at that time, when you don't know what's going to be the end result of it, when a person knows up front, okay, this is how we'll finish off, then there's no test left. But he doesn't know how it'll finish off, that he'll have a positive ending. Now he's in that position. That's a test. And the test that Ibrahim was put through, because he made a declaration. Allah said to him, Aslim, submit yourself. Surrender yourself. So he immediately responded, Aslam to Rabbil Alameen. I totally submitted myself, completely surrendered myself, handed myself over. When a person has surrendered himself, he's surrendered, he's over, completely given over. There's nothing for himself now. Not that, okay, certain things I've given on, and certain things I'll do what I want to do. Some things I will comply, and some things I will do something else. He's over, he's surrendered himself. And a person has surrendered himself, from head to toe he's gone. Ibrahim Islam surrendered him. He made the declaration, Aslam to Rabbil When he made the declaration, the test came. This is a verbal declaration. This is a verbal submission. But now the verbal submission must be backed up by the physical and practical submission. Heart and soul. Body and soul. We also made a declaration. We also made a claim. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. That's our claim. We've also made this claim, now we have to live up to it. Ibrahim Islam made the claim and he was put through the tests to now show the dunya. Allah Ta'ala knew full well what is his caliber. To show every person till Qiyamah that look, this is when a person makes a claim that this is how he lives up to it. When a person makes a claim of love of Allah Ta'ala, then it is not just lip service then he lives up to the claim. And no matter what the condition is, what the situation is, he lives up to it. He fulfills it. All these incidents in the life of Ibrahim we have heard many, many times, we are well aware of all the details, but just to very briefly touch on them, again to just highlight this aspect of submission, complete submission. And after having highlighted it, the whole purpose of the discussion for myself first and foremost and for all of us is to then reflect. This reflection, unfortunately, is something we, we neglect. Whereas this reflection, pondering, reflecting very deeply, this is very, very essential. If a person has eaten something, there's so much of effort gone behind that food before he eats it. He had to go and buy it from somewhere, then it had to be prepared, and then sometimes so much of pain is taken to present it in a very attractive way, then he has to eat it, in that too he has to chew it properly, and then it will go down into his stomach. A lot of things have happened. A lot of cost was incurred. A lot of time was put into it. All this was done, now finally he's eaten it. 
has come down to his belly. But is that the end of it? After it's come down into his stomach, now there's a very crucial part. If this crucial thing happens, then all this effort will be worth the while. <coughs> and if that doesn't happen, all this will go to waste. And that is that the digestive system which very silently does its job, you can't hear anything. And a person is going to buy whatever the things are to cook that food, somebody can see him going and coming and running and rushing and paying. And then when the cooking process is happening, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. And then when he's eating, somebody can see, mashallah, what relish he's eating with. Maybe seeing him, they start feeling hungry. So all this is visible. But after all this is done, when it reaches inside, very silently the digestive system starts its job. And only when the digestive system has done its job correctly and properly, now this whole process of preparing that food and eating it, etc., all the benefit of that is now achieved. Because now that benefit of that food goes into every, every part of the body. It is transformed into blood finally, and that blood nourishes every part of his body. But supposing after eating it, it went down into his belly, and then due to his ill health, whatever the case is, nothing happened in terms of now it getting digested. All was just passed out. So now he can keep eating and keep eating, but he'll keep getting weaker and weaker because it's not digesting. The digestive system does a very, very crucial job. And it makes all the effort put behind it all the time, all the money spent, it makes all that worth the while. Likewise, the spiritual food that we consume, whatever talks of deen take place, the talim that we sit in after Isha Salah, the nasihat somebody might pass on to us. But one factor that we generally neglect is to digest it. And the digestion comes by sitting and pondering, reflecting. Here something was spoken about, maybe something about salah was spoken about, so now what is the position of my salah? Am I performing my salah correctly? Am I performing it regularly? The importance of the days of Zulhijjah was spoken about. How am I going to relate to this now? What am I going to do? Now that little time, it might be a whole, several different discourses we heard over time. But that three, four minutes of reflection will make all this eating worth the while. That pondering, something was spoken about mu'amalat and dealings. A Muslim, what kind of mu'amalat he has? How he deals correctly? What is his mu'asharat and social life? What kind of akhlaq does a mu'min possess? Now all this we heard, but now to digest it. And the digestion happens very quietly. In our own private time, sitting quietly in the masjid maybe somewhere. And now reflecting and pondering, how do I fit into this? How do I bring this in my life? <coughs> Unfortunately, that reflection doesn't take place, as a result of which one hour, one day, two days, and then everything is forgotten. So this is a very crucial part, this reflection. So in any case, Ibrahim Rasulullah he made this declaration, Allah Ta'ala now put him to the test. And Allah Ta'ala says that all these big tests that took place, just to touch upon them, right at the beginning, he was now being put under 
tremendous pressure from society. That look, you need to conform to the norms of society. The norms of society at that time was what? Idol worship. Now you want to do something else, we won't tolerate it. You'll have to conform to the norms of society. You'll also have to do what we do. But he had submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala. So now the norms of society and submission to Allah Ta'ala, if the norms of society are something away from the commands of Allah Ta'ala, they cannot be married. He says, come what may, this is something I can never do. So after various, you know the details, so many things happened, and eventually when they didn't manage to bring him across to comply with the norms of society, so now the threat started. And then when the threats also didn't stop his steadfastness or didn't move him from his point, then eventually they decided to carry out what they had threatened with. So now they built this huge fire. And now with this huge fire they couldn't even get so close to put him inside. So they catapulted him inside. And as he is now airborne, about to fall into this fire. That time as the Jibreel Salatu Salam rushes. Can I help? Have you come? Or have you been sent? I came with the permission of Allah Ta'ala. I came, but I took Allah Ta'ala's permission. Amma ilayka fala. You came, Allah Ta'ala didn't send you. You came, I don't need your help also. Allah is sufficient for me. Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. But now when he remained steadfast, he didn't conform to the norms of society that were against Allah Ta'ala's commands, totally submitted and surrendered himself to Allah Ta'ala, then at the eleventh hour, at the crunch time, he also can see a fire down there. He can also see himself now falling in there and then the next thing is going to be burnt alive. He says, Allah Ta'ala is happy with this, that I fall in here, I am happy with it also. At the eleventh hour now when he falls in, that fire turns into a garden for him. Ulna ya ala Ibrahim. So now the reflection. From time to time we are also under pressure. Various ways, in various aspects of life. To conform to the norms of society. It might be in our personal life. It might be in how we conduct our business. It might be in how we mix with others and how we fit in to the various circles and groups because nowadays if a person sometimes, some person doesn't have Facebook he doesn't have a face to show in front of people now how is he going to face them? he's not on Facebook because he's not prepared to deface himself one person's in for an article and cutting somewhere and the person is just making it a kind of uh, something for people to think about Obviously, it wasn't real life. He just said, I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to live my life like Facebook. Not on Facebook, in real life. I'm trying to live my life like Facebook. So now I've started going every evening to the neighbors and I'm telling them what I ate and showing them pictures of my cat and dog and how I cleaned my garage today and I'm telling passers by about how I had an argument with my wife. He says, I also got followers now. There's two secret detectives and one psychiatrist following me. <laughs> Either this one has got some other agenda or is a mental case. 
So now when that suddenly gets translated into real life, then a person can see how absurd it is. But this is the way shaitan just brings such a veil over a person's mind that after a while that absurdity, he becomes proud of the absurdity. He gets caught and trapped into something absurd, but then the whole society becomes caught up in that, then that becomes a source of pride. And the person who is normal looks abnormal. The person who is not ready to conform or not ready to fit into that kind of circle, something wrong with him. So we are also sometimes under pressure. We are under pressure to have our wedding perhaps in a certain way. Because everybody is doing it in that manner. Everybody is doing it in a certain style. Everybody is becoming extravagant and letting money pour like water. So now how can I do it some other way? Now this is the lesson that Ibrahim Islam is giving us. That look, no matter what it might seem, the whole community might seem like they are against some one person and his life seems to be becoming like a fire around him. But Ibrahim Islam is saying, look, I was faced with a real fire. I didn't waver in any way in my submission. I remain steadfast. Allah is giving us this lesson by bringing this in the Quran Sharif. That look, that fire turned into a garden for him at the eleventh hour of it. Because first was the test of what is the submission? What is the level of submission? Is it just lip service? Or is it sincere? It is deep hearted. It's true. So now when a person will keep away from whatever Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, he'll remain steadfast, remain firm. There will be tests. There will be some situation that he will have to just bear patiently. But then when suddenly it seems that everything now is gone, Allah Ta'ala turns that moment into the garden for him. Everything opens out at the level of Allah. Provided he is sincere and he perseveres. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِعُ إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ person has taqwa and sabr. Allah Ta'ala won't allow his efforts to go in vain. Ibrahim Islam remained steadfast. This was the end result. He asked to leave his wife and child in a barren place. No vegetation, no means of survival, nothing. Nobody to look after them. Everything is very, very bleak. The whole picture is of that now it's just a matter of to wait for destruction to come. To wait for death to come. Because in a short while the provisions will be exhausted, to be left alone to the elements. But Allah Allah's command, no question. Unfortunately, we have many questions first. Why is this to be done? Or what is the reasoning behind this? Whereas our responsibility is to know what Allah Ta'ala has commanded us. The reasoning behind it, that is Allah Ta'ala's hikmat. Where can we understand Allah Ta'ala's infinite wisdom? What we have to do is to fulfill the command. Ibrahim Islam is being commanded to leave your wife and child. This child who is born to him, to them at a very old age. Allah's command ready for it. Now his wife is concerned, she's an insan also. She has the normal concern that any human being has. How will you be here alone? 
How can you survive here? This little baby. So she wants to know that you're leaving us here. No answer. Second time, no answer. The third time she asked, but she asked it differently. She asked the question differently. She's seeing her husband leaving them and going now. Leaving them in this barren place. But now that she asked the third time, the question is posed differently. The question now is, is this the order of Allah Ta'ala? Now indicates this is Allah Ta'ala's order. Allah Ta'ala's order, then in that case, Allah Ta'ala won't allow us to perish. Go ahead. Now outwardly, there's no means of survival here. Everything seems to be a, just a recipe for destruction. But Allah Ta'ala's command, there can be no destruction in it. Whatever the eye can see, the eye can see. But the yaqeen is in the command of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is the yaqeen Allah Ta'ala is giving us, this lesson of yaqeen, in this incident of Ibrahim After having made this qurbani, having submitted to Allah Ta'ala, having surrendered, he surrenders, his wife surrenders, now he moves away and he turns into dua. Rabbi inni askantu min zurriyati biwadin ghayri di zar'in inda baytikal muharram. Allah is giving my family here in this place which is barren. Ghayri di zar'in. Totally barren. Nothing growing here. There's no water here also. Rabbana li uqeemu salah. Why am I leaving them here? Allah, they must establish salah. They must establish salah. In these days of Qurbani and Hajj, but with it comes all these memories of Ibrahim What he did, what he made dua for, dua for his progeny to establish salah. For us to reflect now. As we mentioned that this reflection, this digestion of this, what is the condition of our salah, the salah in our household, have we come on salah, is there the proper performance of salah, the khushu and khudu in the salah, our ruku, our sajda, the qawma after standing up of ruku, the jalsa, the sitting posture between the two sajdas, is all this being done correctly? Otherwise the salah raises above the head of the person, if it was performed haphazardly, performed in an incorrect way, the salah barely raises above his head, and then it is wrapped like a dirty cloth. And then it is thrown on the face of the person. And the salah then curses him saying, May Allah Ta'ala destroy you as you destroyed me. If somebody's salah is cursing him, then what? So Ibrahim Salaam nevertheless now moved off. He's making dua. يُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةِ فَجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ Allah, you make everybody's hearts turn favorably towards them. Subhanallah, now this dua is making. And this dua, the manifestation of this dua, that Ibrahim is that one personality, that people of every creed revere him. The Muslims obviously, and they are the real people who revere him. Even the Christians hold him in very high esteem. The Jews hold him in very high esteem. Everybody has a, besides the Muslim, everybody else's claim is false obviously. But all claim to follow him. The effect of this dua. Now, 
Ya Allah, you give them all their needs. Tamarat. Literally translated tamarat is fruit. But even literally how this dua is accepted? Very bright Islam made this dua. Until this day, the best fruit from around the world will be found there. The best fruit of our country, which we won't get here, we won't see here also. If you want to find it, we'll have to go to Makkah we'll get it there. And nothing grows in Makkah Sharif, some things grow in Taif, etc. Makkah Sharif, nothing grows there. See, Allah grant them the fruit of everything here. But when this dua brought this effect after total submission, our situation is, Allah, you do my work, I'll do yours. Allah, you sort my problem out, I'll make sense for you. As if, Nawazubillah, Allah Ta'ala needs us. We are in need of Allah Ta'ala. This is the way to get our problems resolved, to get our du'as answered. That first we submit to Allah, heart and soul, whatever the command of Allah Ta'ala is. So everything that Allah Ta'ala has commanded, we are ready to fulfill. We are insane, we are weak, we'll make mistakes, we'll slip somewhere. But therefore Allah Ta'ala, out of His infinite grace, has given us Toba as well. Look, you fell, make Toba and come back. My doors are open. Allah Ta'ala's doors are forever open, provided that a person is coming back. And as long as he's not now reached the pangs of death. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says that Allah Ta'ala, figuratively speaking, obviously, Allah Ta'ala is free of limbs. That, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِاللَّيْلِ This is just to give a, an understanding like how sometimes a long lost child is now coming back. The parent is welcoming to The parent is waiting with outstretched arms. Allah Ta'ala is free from any comparison. Allah Ta'ala is beyond any comparison. But this is the manner in which Nabi Islam expresses it for our understanding. Allah Ta'ala stretches his hands out ready waiting at night for the sinners of the day to come back. When the morning comes, Allah Ta'ala is waiting with outstretched arms so that those who committed some sin in the night will come back and repent. But when death has now started approaching, a person is too late. Somebody said, don't worry, I'll repent at the 11th hour. Somebody asked him, what happens if your death comes at 10.30? We're talking about the 11th hour. If at 10.30 your death comes, then where's the 11th hour? That is a very major deception of shaitan, that he makes a person postpone toba and makes him sin on the pretext that don't worry, toba is available, toba, I'll make toba later. That is something, one is a person slipped up, he made a mistake, trying to walk carefully and he fell. But when a person becomes bold on sin, and then he keeps postponing toba. The very big danger in that is that as time passes, even the thought of toba leaves his heart. Allahu yahulu al mar'i wa qalbi. Allah Ta'ala then creates a barrier between a person and his heart. He then doesn't even think of toba, and then eventually life leaves in that condition. So this is not something to say, well, okay, don't worry, carry on, do what you want now. Later might never come. 
That might come now. How many times a person left on a journey and never returned? How many a person slept and never woke up? How many a person started eating a meal and never finished it in dunya? How many a person started saying something before he finished the sentence he was gone? Can we ever guarantee that that won't come to us in that place, in that condition? So in any case, Ibrahim salam made that declaration, he lived up to it, he fulfilled Allah's command, he totally submitted and surrendered. Now when he made dua, this was the end result of the dua. <coughs> then there comes the issue about him being commanded to slaughter his son. He is ready for it. He is preparing, mentally preparing his son's mind. After all, he is a child. He's a young person. So, just to mentally prepare him, there was no question about not fulfilling it. Says to him, this is the command. What do you have to say about it? Mazatara. Now, the submission of a young person. What is his submission? He is being told you are going to be slaughtered. Like we are faced with challenges of our own kind. And sometimes it seems as if that if we don't conform to what the circle of friends we have, what they want, what everybody else is doing, if we don't fit into that, it seems as if our, we are getting choked out. It will become outcasts. Ismail Salam is saying the same thing that I am going to be now put to the knife. What is his response? His response is, Ya Abatif al Matumar. Father, you do what you have been commanded. And I will be fully cooperating in this. Satajiduni insha'Allah mina sabirin. I'm not going to try to run away anywhere. I'm not going to make it difficult for you. I'm also going to submit. Allah Ta'ala has commanded that I must be slaughtered, I'm ready. This total submission. And when this total submission came from every direction, now today we are sitting in the house of Allah Ta'ala, so many centuries later, and we are taking the inspiration from these Mubarak lives, from their submission to Allah Ta'ala, to bring in some iota of this submission in our lives. So now this entire lesson of love this is. This is the point that we need to now reflect upon. Allah Ta'ala says, when Ibrahim was tested, now these are the tests. If we really think about it, it's mind-boggling what kind of test is there. No matter what kind of challenges we face, it can't come anywhere close to this. How did he pass this? What made him pass it? What made him surrender? What made him submit? After all, he was Khalilullah. He was a friend of Allah Ta'ala. And this friendship, this is muhabbat. Only thing that can make a person truly surrender, truly submit, complete submission, there's only one real thing that can make him do it, which is the Muhammad of Allah. Totally, unreservedly, unquestioningly, unhesitatingly, entirely submit himself, only one thing, the love of Allah. To the extent of that love, to that extent he will submit. And to the extent that that love is deficient, then he'll want to make it 50-50. Sometimes he'll make it 25, on the other side 75 for himself. 
Sometimes maybe 5% only. On the other side, 95 for himself. The muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. This muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is a driving force. And this is what all the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam taught. Nabi Wasallam was Habibullah. He taught this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala to the peak. All the awliya, the sahaba kiram, all the ahlullah and awliya Allah, this was this, the central theme of all their teachings that inculcate the love of Allah. The importance of this is so much that Nabi Sallallahu taught us to make dua for it. Nabi Sallallahu taught us to make dua for it. He made dua, his dua was talim for us. And his making dua is also indicating that there is no limit to this love. Having had the greatest love that anybody could ever possess for Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu is still making dua, Allahumma rzuqni hubbat. Allah grant me your love. Can you imagine? Have we made this dua any time? We've made dua for so many things. We made dua for a, maybe the fifth business or something. One person, one great alim of Pakistan, says one person phoned him one morning. It was time to time. As it is when you hear the phone ring at time to time, then it gives a person a little bit of a shock. It must be something happened for somebody to phone at this time. In any case, that person phoned. So he answered the call, obviously, for it now, what something happened? So it was somebody who he knew, just basically, the person asked him, uh, so he asked him, what's the problem? He says, no, I knew you'll probably be awake at this time, that's why I phoned, because I wanted dua. She said, cha, what dua you want now? Suddenly you phone for it right now. He says, no, tomorrow I'm launching the 18th uh, textile mill. So now, please make dua, it all goes well. So now, mashallah, he's up also at the time of tahajjud. And he's making dua for the textile mill. No problem. Whatever is halal. But has he made dua? We should not talk about him. Have we made dua? We made dua. That's his example for us to reflect also. How many things of dunya we made dua for? Definitely we must make dua for everything from Allah. Ta'ala. In the Hadith Sharif, it comes a person needs shoelace, which is a very insignificant thing. Example of something very insignificant. That to ask from Allah. Ta'ala. Everything we ask from him, but Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, would that is wafil akhirati hasana. We ask for dunya also, but we ask for deen. And waqina adab al-nar. So asking Allah Ta'ala's muhabbat. Allahumma zuqni hubbak. Wa hubba may yuhibbuk. Allah grant me the love of your lovers. Wal amal al-ladhi yuballighuni hubbak. Allah grant me the love of those a'mal that take me to your love. These are the vehicles that will take me to your love. Allahumma al hubbaka ahabba ilayya min nafsi. Allah make your love more beloved to me than myself. Wa ahli than my family. Wa min al ma'il barid. Allah make your love more beloved to me than cold water. What will we understand? What is the link of cold water in this Hadith Sharif of asking Allah Ta'ala's love? Where we get water at the tap and cold water at the press of a button. And if there is no cold water available, then there is ice available. What we will understand where this fits in. One person was mentioning about his 
And he went for Hajj many years ago, some 10, 15 years ago. And on the day that they were going to Arafat, so now it's already midday, very hot, and the bus was stuck in the traffic, so it's not moving anywhere. And whatever water people had carried, etc., everything was now depleted. So after some time now, everybody is getting irritable, and then on small little things, people started arguing. Because as slowly a person starts getting dehydrated, so now as he's getting dehydrated, he starts feeling miserable. Now when he's feeling miserable, then now he's getting very irritated. And this was becoming quite a problem now. now small, small things, people are arguing. Some people are looking like they're going to collapse just now. Somebody got off the bus and he went and walked around, found somebody selling water. So he bought a whole lot of those sachets of water and came. And now as he started boarding the bus, somebody else saw him, who was sitting next to the person who was relating the story. Somebody saw this person boarding the bus with all that water. So he just whispered in his ears, that look, this person is coming with this water, you'll see how this bus will come alive just now. So in any case, as they distributed the water and people started drinking the water, a few minutes time, suddenly there was a totally different atmosphere. Everybody again is smiling, and everybody is comfortable, and everybody is feeling like life came into them again. Now in that condition, when a person is parched with thirst, and he really wants water, water becomes his life, people fight over water at that time. People are ready to hit one another for water because of lack of akhlaq. And at that time, when a person is presented with water, what feeling he has for that water, that is the context of this hadith this dua. Piyasa chahe jayse aave sard ko, in front of Baitullah, he used to make this, it was this couplet that he would read as a dua, as munajat for Allah Ta'ala. Piyasa chahe jayse aave sard ko, Allah, just as a thirsty person looks forward to cold water, Allah, I must be more thirsty for you than that. Allah, my thirst for you must be more than that. This was actually a translation, so to say, of this dua of Nabi Sallallahu The till the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is there, not there, it's very difficult for a person to do anything. When there's muhabbat, muhabbat for dunya, then a person is very, it's very easy for him to make sacrifices for that dunya. Muhabbat for one medal, years ago, at Fajr time, I'll be living in some other place, Spingo had to drive to the masjid, 15 odd years ago, so every morning in winter, it end up, because 3-4 months, the Fajr time is roughly the same, so every morning at Fajr time, Pass one person on the road, he's busy jogging. It's winter, it's cold, though the people of Ladies will say they're only talking about cold in Durban. But nevertheless, for us, it's cold. It's winter time, it's cold, it's early in the morning, and he's already busy jogging. What time he woke up? And he's busy jogging. And for months on end, why? He's probably training for the marathon. What is making him wake up at that time? Muhabbad. Muhabbad for that medal. Maybe he'll get it. It's on a hope. When a person has muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala, then he'll make up for Fajr Salah. When a person has muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala, he'll leave everything where it is and come for Zohar, and Asar, and Maghrib, and Isha. And this Salah also is the same 
it's that manifestation of a lover's love that he slept the night the first thing that his eyes open he has to express his love to Allah Ta'ala. he comes to the masjid to perform salah my Allah gave me sleep the whole night now he's gone to work but in the midst of his work look your work whatever it is but your work can't be greater than Allah Ta'ala's muhabbat there's an opportunity now come back to the masjid and express your love for Allah Ta'ala. he goes back and now he's coming into the peak of the day time to now really wrap up things and everything is now at its peak now oh no you stop everything come and express your love to Allah Ta'ala again so make asr salah now he's hardly just reached home no you don't even settle down in your house come back it's maghrib time now now maybe it's summer it's late in many countries the isha is 11 o'clock he wants to go to sleep no no hold on Allah Ta'ala's love is above everything you first express your love to Allah Ta'ala and then go sleep. Make your Isha Salah. Everything runs around the lunar system, not even the solar system. Because this Ashik of Allah Ta'ala, sometimes he'll fast in the cool days of winter, and then will come again the hot days of summer and he'll fast also for Allah Ta'ala. And this will rotate throughout the year. Sometimes this Ashik will make Hajj in the cool days of winter, and sometimes it will be in the 50 degrees of summer. So everything is expressing his muhabbat for Allah. But when this muhabbat is there, and it will drive him. This muhabbat will drive him. And this is the muhabbat that the Ahlullah would keep asking for. They would beg for. They would make dua for it. And they would make efforts to acquire it. Mujhku jine ka sahara chahiye. One couplet of his, they expresses the same thing. Allah, I need some support to be able to love this dunya. To live in this dunya and to correctly run across whatever the issues are and to be able to conduct myself correctly, to be able to overcome whatever is going to come in my way. Allah, I need your love in my heart. My heart filled with your love, then everything is easy. Then everything is easy. Zindagi pur keif pai dil pur gham raha. Since my life was so comfortable, though my heart was in grief, I still had a very comfortable life. Allah, with your love in my heart, even the grief became griefless for me. Because when the love of Allah lies in the heart, then a person, he's also in psalm, he also feels pain. He also feels hunger, he feels thirst also, he has emotions, he feels grief. But in all these conditions, that balm of the love of Allah Ta'ala overcomes it. And as a result, he can easily continue with life, he doesn't get overwhelmed. That carries on. And in that, he is still getting closer to Allah. So all these incidents of Ibrahim this entire time that we are going past, all this is giving us this lesson of total submission. Ibrahim Islam was t- tested with so many things, we are being tested also. That's our test. Establish your salah five times a day. Discharge your zakat. So now this banna of Allah Ta'ala says, Aslam to Rabbil Alameen. I've submitted to Allah Ta'ala. I'm ready for it. Whether it's Fajr in summer, whether it is Fajr in winter, whether it is Isha, whatever it may be, I'm ready for it. 
Zakat, the time has come, it's due upon me, yes. All the other ibadah on time. Allah Ta'ala has commanded, Let's say to the believing men to lower their gazes. Allah Ta'ala has commanded, this is a chest now. All around is all the fitna, all the nudity. At the press of the button, the person can fall away. Allah, you've given the command, Aslamdu li Rabbil Alameen. Now my finger won't touch any wrong button. I won't put myself in any kind of danger. I will guard my gaze. Now this mu'min is ready to submit. Allah Ta'ala's command. Don't even get close to zina. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say don't commit it. Don't even get close to it. And zina at every level. Whether it's zina of the eyes, zina of the ears, Whatever level it might be. Now this mu'min is ready. Aslam to Rabbil Alameen. Allah, whatever your command. Don't come in ghibat. Don't backbite anybody. Aslam to Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, I'm ready. I've surrendered. Don't usurp somebody's wealth. Don't take somebody's positions wrongfully. Ya Allah, I'm ready. Whatever it is. It's an inheritance issue. It's somebody else's uh, transaction. Some, whatever it might be. Allah, whatever your command, I'm ready about it. <laughs> say to my servants, speak that which is best. Speak sweet words. Don't say hurtful things. Don't say things that will pierce people's hearts and break it. Allah, I'm ready. My tongue will be sweet now. And treat your wives kindly. You might dislike some traits in them, but there's so many other good, good things. Sometimes you dislike something, but Allah put khair and good for you in it. Allah is ready, whatever it is. Islam to Rabbil Alameen. From beginning to end, from birth to death, Allah, whatever your command, I'm ready for it. And when this total submission will come, and in this dunya also, and this will come with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala that in this dunya also a person will get this serenity, this peace. Our husband Ali is one couplet also which sums up this whole thing. That dushmano ko eshe abo gil diya. It says that the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, what Allah Ta'ala gave them? The enemies, Allah Ta'ala gave them the leisures and pleasures of dunya. Go. All the leisures and pleasures do what you want. They got no restriction. Dushmanon ko eshe abo gil diya. Dosto ko apna darde dil diya. And the friends of Allah Ta'ala, He gave them his muhabbat. But now what is the end result of this? How does this unfold? Unko sahil par bhi tughyani mili. Hamko tufano mein bhi sahil diya. That they are on the shore, meaning in comfort, in luxury. But in the shore also, they are being battered by storms. Ask their hearts. Ask their hearts what turmoil they are in. There's one article which I got saved from a long time, more than 20 years old this article is. Somebody had done a survey in America of the 25 richest people. We're talking about 25 richest people in America at that time who were running in the billions of dollars at that time. And the survey, they say that the bulk of them, their lives were, the, the common, fact, common aspect in their lives was misery, depression, and su- suicide. 
person has got all the wealth in the world that he can dream about, he can't even use it all. So outwardly, he should be the happiest person. Why is this his condition? Because he's far away from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has got no relationship with anybody. Allah Ta'ala will make the wealthiest person happy also. He'll make the poorest person happy also. Whoever comes to him. Whoever comes to Allah Ta'ala in submission. The wealthy person will submit in his wealth. And the poor person will submit in his poverty. Allah Ta'ala will make both successful. And otherwise, whoever displeases Allah Ta'ala will face the same situation. Unko sahil mili. On the shore, in the lack of luxury and comfort also, the person is in turmoil. And we were in the rough seas also. But in the rough seas also, Allah Ta'ala made it feel like the shore. That peace, the tranquility, because it's all inside the heart. So this entire life history of Ibrahim والسلام, is a story of love. The story of the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the same lesson Nabi Salaam taught us. And these are the du'as he taught us to make. And with these du'as goes the effort for it. The effort of associating with the Ahlullah, going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, building our Iman, sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala will bring the love of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts. Sacrificing our wealth, our time, our efforts, our energies, and associating with the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala, imbibing from their hearts, and being in good company, engaging in amal, wal amal alladhi yuballighuni hubbak, a righteous amal, a person is now constantly still out of the Quran Sharif, he's making some tasbih, zikr daily, he's talking to Allah Ta'ala in dua daily, his heart is focused towards Allah Ta'ala, everything he's doing for the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, he's spending one cent in Allah Ta'ala's path for his muhabbat, reciting one tasbih for his muhabbat, then gradually this starts building in and then someday inshallah we'll also be able to feel some fraction of what the Ahlullah have felt and what they have told us which for us at the moment is just words but someday Allah Ta'ala will make it a reality for us also. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we to totally submit ourselves, totally surrender ourselves, we to become the true servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala grant us the reality of this Allah Ta'ala keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah. Allahumma laka alhamdulillahu wa laka shukrukum. Allahumma la nafsi thana'an alayk, anta kama atnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ima huwa. Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna ala nakunanna min al-khasirin. Rabbi ghfir wa arham. واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت 
اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله